This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. We are reading from St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is my disciple or he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. It's the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. We're going to go over Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23 for our teaching time. Leonard Ravenhill said, There is no such thing as a carnal Christian. If you're a carnal Christian, you're not saved. And, you know, it's hard to argue with that logic. Now, we talked about that a number of times last week, and it's kind of the same here. It's almost going to be like this sermon could have been given last week or last week's this week because the themes are generally the same. Now, okay, verse 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now, presenting yourself, that was a big theme in my family when we were going to go visit our relatives. And my mother would fret over what I looked like because she knew that when we got to the house, my grandma was going to go, come here and let me look at you. I'm saying, well, I look the same as I did three months ago when you saw me. But I was presenting myself to my grandmother. And so I needed to look good or as good as I was ever going to get. And I needed to make sure my mom was happy with what I looked like, although some people have said, this is a face only a mother could love. And sometimes I wondered about that. Now, see, the issue here, though, is whether or not we would continue in sin. Because God takes sin seriously. Now, there is... A statement that I found on the Thriving Hope website that said there is a difference between stumbling into sin and willfully giving yourselves over to it and deceiving yourselves into believing you messed up or fell. Stumbling into sin always leads you to the cross and the feet of Jesus in honest repentance and devotion to Jesus. Willingly giving yourselves over to sin desensitizes you to the severity of the iniquity and causes you to fall away. And there's a lot of truth to that because if you just let yourself go and follow after that lustful desire, 
you're going to be eventually taken captive by it. And that scripture verse from Romans chapter 1, where Paul writes, God gave themselves over to that reprobate mind will soon apply to you because you've given yourselves over to the sin. Now, verse 14 is straightforward. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And there was a devotion on Alistair Begg's website this past week that covers this subject very well. In Christ we find ultimate happiness. Peter tells us that our belief in Jesus can lead us to joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. But it's not possible to be happy in Jesus while living in sin. To borrow the image of Psalm 24, how often do we attempt to ascend the hill of the Lord with dirty hands and dirty hearts, wondering why the word of God doesn't delight in us as it used to? It's spiritual insanity to think that we can rejoice in the Lord while seeking out pleasure in some hidden transgression. As fallen creatures, we often develop patterns that trick us into thinking that we can make peace with our fallenness and can indulge in some sin. Perhaps we have become accustomed to minimizing it or justifying it so that we hardly even notice it anymore. Yet scripture knows no such pattern of thinking. David, for example, knew he was dirty and grimy before God, thoroughly permeated with sin, because he wrote, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Elsewhere, he asked the Lord, declare me innocent from hidden faults. He knew he needed forgiveness from sins he didn't even know about. But mercifully, David's awareness of his own shortcomings led him to God, to whom he pleaded, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, what then, Paul writes in verse 15, shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Have you ever asked anybody an absurd question, something that was really goofy, something you knew the answer to already, and you knew what kind of reply you were going to get, and you got the reply you were expecting. When you asked that silly question, the person answering you said, certainly not. And so that's what Paul's saying here. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slave to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So sin is According to this one spot here, sin is stupid. My words may seem to be a bit strong here, the guy writes, but I am convinced they are no stronger than those of Paul. When he begins, do you not know? 
He is saying the same thing in Paul's world and in ours. Sin is not thought of as stupid, but as sophisticated in our current culture. Put differently, the unbelieving world thinks that righteousness is stupid, but that not that sin is stupid. When men reject the revelation of God in nature, they become fools, but they think of themselves as wise. No wonder Paul puts the matter strongly because Paul's words, which follow this statement, give us some of the reasons that sin is stupid. And the one of those is sin is enslaving. Once you get mired in it, you find out that you're stuck or that you can't get out. Now, there's a story I found on the Internet and I've collaborated it with several other places. So it's an Wonderful story to illustrate our point here. I often hear how people talk about how their lives are so full of pain and drama. Sometimes these people can't help. Certain things have been done to them in other cases. It's the person's only, it's the person's own fault. Now, Joshua Harris wrote this in his book, called Sex is Not the Problem. Thomas Costain's Henry has a story about the three Edwards, and it described the life of Reynald III, a 14th century duke in what is now Belgium, grossly overweight. Reynald was commonly called by his Latin nickname, Crassus, which means fat or obese, or one of those. After a violent quarrel, Reynald's younger brother Edward led a successful revolt against him, and Edward captured Reynald but did not kill him. Instead, he tied him down, and he built a room around Reynald in the Newkirk Castle and promised him he could regain his title and property as soon he was able to leave the room. This would not have been difficult for most people since the room had several windows and a door of near normal size and none was locked or barred. The problem was Reynold's size. He couldn't squeeze his way through the door. That's what the story says. Now, to regain his freedom, he needed to lose weight. But Edward knew his older brother, and each day he sent a variety of delicious foods to his brother. And instead of dieting his way out of prison, Reynald grew fatter. When Duke Edward was accused of cruelty, he had a ready answer. He says, My brother is not a prisoner. He may leave whenever he so wills. Reynald stayed in that room for 10 years and wasn't released until Edward died in battle. But then, by then, his health was so ruined, he died within a year, a prisoner of his own appetite. And that's what happens when we are stuck or we allow ourselves to be stuck in our sin because 
we could leave it anytime we wanted to. All we'd have to do is confess our sin and repent, and we'd be forgiven, and we could walk out of that sinful life and start living in a life of grace and peace and mercy from the Lord. But, so often, we are a prisoner of our own devices, like Reynold. He could have lost enough weight to get through that door. But because his appetite outweighed his desire to leave the room, he was stuck there for the 10 years. Now, so it brings up the question, are we going to be a slave of sin or are we going to be a slave of righteousness? Now, that sounds almost contradictory, a slave of righteousness. But remember, you become a slave of whatever you give yourself to. So if you give yourself to the Lord, you will become his slave slash servant and find more freedom than you ever knew. But if you choose to remain in the sin, you'll stay a slave of the sin. So some say it's really hard to walk away from our sin. Others say, no, we can do it if we have Christ by our side and in our hearts. And that's the message Paul's trying to give to us today. If we have Christ in our hearts, we can have all of the strength we need to be able to get over that bondage to sin and live in the freedom that only Christ can give. A matter of choice. Shall we choose right righteousness or the other way? And today, let's make that choice for righteousness. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm -hmm.